Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 822 of the Juicebox Podcast. Hey, everybody, today's episode is Jenny and I helping you figure out your insulin sensitivity factor. There's a little bit of math involved. Don't worry, it's not really like super confusing or anything. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you like Jenny and you want to hire her, you can. She works at integrateddiabetes.com. Are you a U.S. resident who has type 1 or is the caregiver of someone with type 1? Oh, if you are, this is great news because you can go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox and fill out the survey. Every completed survey benefits the podcast and type 1 diabetes research. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. At the end of this episode, I'll tell you about more Juicebox podcast episodes and series that will help you with insulin sensitivity factor. So hang out to the end. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. Now you can find Touched by Type 1. Now you can find Touched by Type 1 at their website, touchedbytype1.org. You can find them on their Instagram page and on Facebook. Touched by Type 1 has great programs, like their annual conference, which I speak at sometimes, their awareness campaign, Bowling for a Cause, their dancing program called Dancing for Diabetes, the D-Box, they have a golf outing. Touched by Type 1 is helping people living with Type 1 diabetes, and they'd like you to just to check them out. Touchedbytype1.org. That's it for the ads today, so I just wanted to tell you that if you're enjoying the Juice Box podcast or finding it helpful, the best way you can support the show, besides clicking on the sponsor links or typing them into a browser, would be to share the show with someone else, a doctor, a friend, a stranger, somebody who you think may enjoy or benefit from the Juice Box podcast. Hey, Jenny. Hey, Scott. Uh, we're going to talk about setting up insulin sensitivity um, and getting your numbers right, where you should start, and uh, and how you can figure out where to go from there. Fantastic. How do we set up insulin sensitivity? Yeah, and I like that you um, call it insulin sensitivity factor or what you might see written down um, as ISF, mm-hmm. insulin sensitivity factor. Um, it's also called correction factor. So if you've heard any of those words... It's all representative of the same thing. This idea. Correction factor, insulin sensitivity, and insulin sensitivity factor seem to be the three ones that get used most in the zeitgeist. They all mean the same exact thing. Yes. And from an abbreviation, most often you'll see ISF. Mm. I, Igloos, S, Sam, F, Frank. There you go. (laughs) Did you you think that you weren't being clear with your enunciation? I I thought that, yes. Um, <laughs> I I think more likely you're just trying to cover for my bed. No, <laughs> my, not at all. No, okay. Not at all. Um, I, it's funny because I, I say that mainly because just as a side note, I hear I get so many like codes for seeing people's data and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And if we're talking, I always 
make sure that I've heard them correctly so that I can input it the right way. Otherwise, the program's like, no, that's not right. And then, you know, so anyway. <laughs> I just thought I had a weird accent. You're like, there's no way people understood what he just said. No, so, if okay. anybody has the weird accent, it's me. Yeah. No, that's, so, and that's okay. I think of it as insulin sensitivity. I have to admit, when yes. Arden was first diagnosed, um, I thought of it, I guess, with the old terminology, older terminology, and then going to a pump brought me to insulin sensitivity factor, and then I think going into looping made me say just insulin sensitivity. And it's not; it's more about how I think about it than it is about what you're calling it, if that makes sense. So, Correct, and that's, yeah. that's kind of why I like – I like – I like both terms. Sensitivity, I think, gives you more visual to response, right? Mm -hmm. How you're going to respond to insulin to take your blood sugar to the place you want to get it to, but not get too low, right? Right. Um, Correction factor, I like because it really, it implies why you're taking that insulin. You're correcting the number that you don't want to be sitting at back to the place that you want it. Mm-hmm. So I think they're both relative, obviously. Yeah. No, I, but there is, and I don't want to get bogged down in this, but there is value in the words you use and how they make pictures in your mind. Mm-hmm. And and for me, calling it insulin sensitivity, it, it, I don't know, it just makes the most sense to me. So, okay. So what, what is insulin sensitivity? Yes. So insulin sensitivity is how many milligrams per deciliter or millimoles your blood sugar will get dropped by one unit of insulin. Okay. So if your ISF is 50, one unit of insulin should bring your blood sugar down 50 milligrams per deciliter, right? Right. Or I say 50 points just to make it easy from where you're starting. And is it instantaneous? No, right. it's not. <laughs> We've talked about this is it's rapid insulin, but rapid's a bad name. It's going to take some time for that to happen. Yeah. So you're going to have to give the correction a little bit of time to get working, see its action, and to fully evaluate, does it bring you back close enough to the target that you're aiming for within a defined period of time, which may be the active time of rapid insulin? Right. Is there, when you're figuring this out, what's that length of time that you consider? Like how long, because I can remember, I'm just going to keep using this as an example because I used it in other episodes, but Arden went to school um, and her sensitivities changed at school and we had to to change them. So I just went back to basics. I did what we talked about in the basal episode. I I made sure I got her basal about where I thought it was going to be. I set up her carb ratio about where I thought it was going to be. And then I had to get her insulin sensitivity right. And basically what I did was I put her, she was sitting very stable, like a, I forget where it was. She was sitting very stable, like 180 while we were figuring this out. And I just gave her a unit of insulin and I Mm -hmm. said, let's not do anything and we'll wait a couple of hours and see where you end up. And then I, that's where I started building from um, that and the math. Right. And from a fairness standpoint, for any of those people who are using algorithm-driven pumps Mm -hmm. to really analyze correction factor on its own, you have to turn the algorithm off. And I did, Because you 
Right. right. I know you did, yeah. but <laughs> just from a, from a reference point, because yeah. otherwise you don't, you don't want something else helping you along the way. Yeah. You just want a point of this is the insulin. Everything else was left turned on. Basil was working like it should have. This is where it ended up getting me. Right. right? right. And in, you know, in asking of time, not only in that example, were you looking at, does the ratio that I used work? Mm -hmm. Did it get her to the point of where I wanted? You could also have kept it. You could have kept it going for a little bit longer to see the point of stabilization. Like where did it land at the target? How many hours after the correction was that? Yeah. That gives you a little bit more visual of of your insulin on board time or your active insulin or duration of insulin action, right? Let's say by three and a half hours after that bolus, she landed nicely where you wanted. And then she was like, well, I'm just going to sit on the couch and watch a movie. I'm not eating anything. There was, you know, again, you left your algorithm off. Um, If it settled there, lovely. One, your basil's right. Mm -hmm. But two, the bolus action time was more defined. You could see where it hit. Right. And stabilized, that should be about your active insulin time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not easy to come up with either. No. And, and especially because those are dummy settings in normal pumps. And yes. in and if you're using an algorithm at this point now, I mean, if you're using a loop, okay, you can figure it out that way. I don't know enough about how control IQ works. And mm-hmm. Omnipod 5 is, you know, kind of... And it does its own thing, so that's even hard to know. It's proprietary. It's proprietary enough. Yes, right. There you go. Yes. So, <laughs> but for me, I Arden was looping at that moment when we did that. I shut the loop off, and I just ran it like a regular pump. I was mm-hmm. confident in the basal we had set up, and so I think in the end that one unit moved her like forty-five points, mm-hmm. and that's. And now Arden's insulin sensitivity is set up somewhere between 41 and 45, depending on the time of day. Um, And that gives the algorithm the wiggle room, the wiggle room it needs to do what it needs to do. Like if I made Arden's insulin sensitivity one to 40 and she was on a regular pump and it was just like that constantly, that would be too aggressive. Sure. You know, so she'd Mm -hmm. get low at night if I did that. Right. Uh, Anyway. Uh, okay, so what's the math on this one? So what's the math on this? This is where there's another rule that comes into play. Okay. Um, many people start by just saying it's the 1800 rule, right? Okay. So you're essentially going to take, again, <laughs> what is your total daily dose? Mm-hmm. And you're going to divide that into 1800 okay. to get a starting point for your correction or your sensitivity factor. So if we take... 30 units of total daily insulin, and we divide that into 1,800, what are you going to get? I'm doing it right now. It's oh, eight, really? Wait, hold on. It's 8,400. <laughs> <No. laughs> um, I have it as 60. 60, correct. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. That's right. easy math, right? 30 right. into, yes. So you're going to start with a 60. And let's say you're, you've looked enough at having corrected insulin or corrected blood sugars, and you're like, but my factor's already at 55 mm-hmm. and my corrections don't work or my corrections at night work really awesome at 55. But during the daytime, I'm getting low mm-hmm. with this 55. So maybe 
60 in the daytime is more what you need, more what the math tells you. And maybe at night, you just need it to be more aggressive. The lower the correction factor value or sensitivity factor value, the more insulin you're going to get. Right. Also, I think it's super important to say that if your blood sugar is 130 and you wished it was 90 and you've got your sensitivity factor set up, it was, you know, one unit moves me 60 and you and and your pump's target is at 90, you're 60, you're like, hey, bolus, it's going to take a a fraction of that amount of insulin to get you to 90. Correct. But if your blood sugar is 250 and you want to be 90, that factor might not work. That's a very good point. Right, because there's a lot of other variables that we're not thinking about. And they could be anything from undigested food to a bad, uh, a miscalculated meal bolus that you're still dealing with. You could have ketones, which would come into a point. You might be dehydrated. There are so many things. So so you're getting these settings set up in, I don't want to say perfect, but near perfect conditions. They work in my perfect conditions. But now when I'm out in the world fighting with it, it's almost like learning jujitsu, I imagine. Probably on the <laughs> on the mat, it probably works because the other guy across from you is doing the same thing. But when you get into a street fight and you're Indiana Jones and, and you know, and you start right. going, I'm going to do jujitsu. And then Indiana Jones pulls out a gun and shoots you. And then right. you go, oh, well, that made jujitsu didn't help as much. So, right. you know, like, so yeah. uh, given the fact that I'm now imagining that a lot of these people have never seen Indiana Jones. Uh, but... <laughs> Oh, but, and so sad. Go watch it. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's so good. <laughs> but the but the point is, is that you get these things right, and then you have to take them out in the world and actually use them. And correct, you know, variables and change. It, and I like that what you brought in there in terms of a variable because it's one that I talk to people often about when we're looking at settings and adjustments. My questions often go to. Well, this correction never seems to be working. Well, what are you eating at 10 o'clock at night? Your corrections overnight don't work. Well, they may not work because the data isn't clean for lack of a better, right? Mm -hmm. If you're sitting down and you're eating a whole pizza at 10 o'clock at night, and then your correction at one o'clock in the morning isn't working very well, I can guarantee that the reason it's not is because there's food in the picture that your correction factor doesn't know is there. Yes. Right. So you're you're unfairly judging this sensitivity in a window of time where you're going to be more resistant. Mm-hmm. And and total daily insulin, uh we just not we're not saying it for some reason, but total daily insulin, you can get out of your pump settings and yes. it'll tell you how much and you you can't just don't just look at yesterday. No. <laughs> yeah. Because look at yesterday, look at the day. I mean, I don't know how far back do you go to come up with a real one for your I usually like to look at an average of about seven days in general, especially if it's seven days worth of pretty typical day. You know, if somebody's just come back for vacation and their past seven days is all jacked up because, you know, it's been vacation, right? It is what it is. That's not valuable, true insulin amount information. I might need to go back further than that to more typical mm-hmm. days and get an average there. Do you knock out the outliers? Like if if you look at seven days and five of the days you're right around 50 carbs mm-hmm. and or and and you look, oh yeah, I use 50 carbs and it ended up being this much insulin. Let's just say it was just keep using 50. It's I use 50 units of insulin on Friday. I use 50 units of insulin you yep. know, on Thursday, on Wednesday, I use 48. On Tuesday, I use 52. But on Monday, I use 12. 
Like, do you knock that one out when you're doing yes, the average? That's okay. not personal. Right. Yeah, yeah and absolutely. If, and the same thing is if on Saturday you were at a birthday party and you're like, oh my God, I used 90 units of insulin. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. So, okay. So you take yeah. your kind of average. So you got to do an average of those days. Correct. All right. I hate well, so much math. <laughs> this is why well, the pro tip series. <laughs> I, I know it, that there is a lot of math, but I think this is important to go along with that because. And I know we did the pro tips a while ago. So 2019, Jenny. Holy cow, really? That's right. 2019. Wow. 2019 yeah, so, was when we started them. So it was a while ago, yeah. and I'd have to go back to them and listen yet again to mm-hmm. remember exactly. But I don't know that they're obviously we're doing this because that wasn't a big piece of well, people what we asked, about so people asked for the math, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want to know the math of setting up my basal, my insulin to carb ratio, my insulin sensitivity. And I just keep telling people, but just go listen to the pro tip series, because in my mind, it's mindset. Like so much about managing diabetes is mindset. And the math's not not important. It's very important. And so here are the episodes, right? There's the the five, what is it? How many rules are there? There's the rule of, see, I already forget. We've been doing this five, for an hour. 500. Yeah, the rule of 500 for the insulin to carb ratio, right? Yes. Okay. And this one's the 1800 rule for the insulin sensitivity. Yes. And the basal was. And the basal was not really a rule. It was based on weight to get either a total daily um, dose of insulin and then break it down or based on weight and just looking at what your basal needs would be. All of them factoring in uh, like age as well as where you are yeah. in activity level. And you you hear me say all the time that I think managing diabetes is about it's timing and amount. It's about using mm-hmm. the right amount of insulin at the right time. So yes, you need the math to know where to start, but then you have to look at what's happening to adjust your math to fit the honesty of like you know of the fight you're in, not just what you hope the fight was going to be. Uh, you have to you have to take account of the variables in your life, your level of activity, the way you eat, even if you're a hydrated person or not. Like, you know, we we say things like be hydrated, like that means that everybody hears is going to go like, oh, okay, and then start hydrating. But I'm going to tell you that a week ago, I promised myself I was going to drink more water. And last night I went to the bathroom at the end of the day and I was like, did I drink any water today at all? <laughs> so, so it's nice. That's not good. <laughs> no, so it's nice to say you're going to do it, but the truth is, you might not be doing it. And if you're right. not hydrated, your insulin won't work as well. As an example of something that could change, change the fight you're in. So, and I'll, uh, in terms of that activity level, I think it becomes really important. You know, we talk about these rules: 500, 1800, whatever. But I think just we, you had asked. In the bolus one, about 500, could we make this more aggressive with mm-hmm. another factor? Could we make it less aggressive? We could. I mean, that is the strategy, too, in terms of figuring out this 1800 rule. Yeah. Like, I myself actually know that I'm I'm closer to the needs if I use, like, a 2000 rule mm-hmm. um, because of the activity level that I'm at, because metabolically, I know where my sensitivity lies. Yes. And so my insulin needs wouldn't... I would be very much too aggressive if I use the 1800 rule and it's a middle ground. There's like 16, 1700 makes your, makes your insulin sensitivity factor more aggressive, right? A lower number, you get more insulin. Whereas like 2000, it makes it more conservative. Mm -hmm. And And do you remember the conversation we had about Arden? Because I do. Yeah. Cause you were like, you, you told me to go with a lower number 
and because that we started getting mixed in with the the food that she was going to be eating at school. Yes. But then the interesting thing was in the first handful of days at college, she needed a more aggressive insulin sensitivity factor. But then once this the the days started becoming repetitive and she was getting a lot more activity, I had to back that off. Right. So, so in the first four or five days before she was really moving around the campus, I had her all the way at 40. And then when she started getting more active, I had to move her more like 43, 44, 45, depending on the time right. of day. Um, and that's, that's, uh, her insulin sensitivity was 43, 44, 45. Also, mm -hmm. I don't want people to get caught in the idea of, well, these are my settings and then my life changed. Now my A1C7, but it, it doesn't matter because these are my settings. So I guess diabetes is happening to me. Your life is changing. Your body you is have, changing. Something's changing. Yes. You have to meet the need. Correct. That's it. Yeah. And, yes. um, you just don't sit sedentary and go, okay, well, things have changed, but I I'm not going to do anything about it. Like you have to do something about it, you know? Right. It's so I mean, life is, life is ever changing. It is. Yeah. You will continue to grow. You will continue to get older. We, we don't unfortunately get younger. <laughs> so your insulin needs will shift and change. You've been a really active college student. Now you've moved into taking your first job and it's a desk job and, you know, yeah. You will have to shift and adjust. Right. You really will. Yeah. So. Don't don't please don't just look at your stuff and go. Well, this is this is what's happening now. Like you can, you can affect those things, and and I right. and I think you can. Also, not to beat a dead horse, but the Pro Tip series will put you in a mindset about managing insulin. I mean, this stuff will be great for you, but it'll really it'll take you to another level. I mean, those that is really a long. The Pro Tip series ends up being what is now over 25 episodes, I think. But it's just a very long conversation between you and I about what it yeah. means to take care of your diabetes, you know? Right. Like, I know in Can the... Can you imagine if we had done all of that all at once? That would have been a very long discussion. That would have been insane. Well, no, I mean, and, and it never would have worked. Like, no. you need to, like, you have a conversation and, and, you know, people don't know how you and I do this, but, like, these three episodes were all recorded at the same time. And so right. you'll see a flow through between the three of them. But the Pro Tip series was recorded over a number of weeks in the beginning. Correct. And then we added 15 more episodes over years. And even the mm -hmm. way you talk about diabetes is different than the way you used to. It's not like in, it's not in, um, it's tone. Your tone's different. And hmm. and you're, you're more mature. You've had more experience talking to people. You have more like anecdotal like conversations you can reach for and things like that. The same things happen sure. to me. I mean, you know, you know, we joke about it all the time, but you know, you think it's, you know, your, your eight year olds insulin needs and, and how to handle them are like, you, you think they're hard while you're doing it. But when your eight year old turns 14, you'll be like, Oh, I wish the kid was eight again. Cause right. that, that was really easy. And, right. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> and, and, but you, then you have those experiences and then when you're having the larger conversation, the things you think to reach to, to make your point become more mature as well. And so I think, sure. the, I think it's been terrific and, uh, and I, I think this will add to it, but absolutely. There's more. To I it think it, that. I think the other thing in each of our um, conversations too, is that you are very good at knowing the episode number most often. I'm like, I know we talked about that in another episode, but I think it's nice because we can continue to refer back and say, hey, if you want more about this, go yeah. listen to this. Right. It's really in depth. Yeah. And, and you're going to need it too. I mean, can you do the math and set it up 
and just do what you do. And every six months, look at the math again and change it. I mean, if that's what you want to do, I think that's probably viable. And you'll probably end up with a, I mean, if you did the math, kept the math up to date, pre-bullished your meals and took into account different foods, you'd probably have an A1C in the mid sixes, right? Yeah. And, 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 and as your life changes, you got more sedentary or your eating habits got worse. You might see your A1C go up if you didn't adjust, or if you started walking, you might see it go down a little bit. Right. You know, but, but the rest of it, the like what to do in the moment without having to think about it. Like, I think that's where the podcast shines. Like, I think that's where you hear these conversations over hours and weeks and months and something happens and then you just sort of do the right thing and you almost mm-hmm. don't even know why you're doing it. It's just, you heard it talked about so many times. It's just what occurred to you to do in that situation. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's excellent. I can't thank you enough. It's awesome. actually, of yeah, course. as the end of the year comes, Jenny, I usually thank you um, privately, but here, I mean, l- listen, the podcast is, is never going to be what it is without you. So Aww. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Absolutely. No, it, this is, this is wonderful. And I'm, I'm proud and really glad that I have the opportunity to help you. Thank so you. thank it, you. It means a lot. Your friendship and your, and your participation mean a lot to a lot of people, but it means a lot to Aww. me. So thank you. Very well, thank much. you. Well, obviously, we're going to thank Jenny and remind you that she works at integrateddiabetes.com. If you'd like to hire Jenny, that's where you will find her. I'd also like to thank Touched by Type 1 for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox podcast. Please find them on Facebook, Instagram, and at touchedbytype1.org. I hope these three little episodes have been valuable for you. If you're thinking, three episodes, what are you talking about? Well, this was part of episode 820, 821, and 822. 820, the math around basal insulin. 821, the math around insulin to carb ratio. And of course, this episode was the math around your insulin sensitivity factor. I'm going to tell you a little more in a second, but thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Now that you understand better how to get your settings close to where they need to be, you should probably learn the rest. If you're new to diabetes, check out the Bold Beginnings series. And if you've been around for a while and you're feeling comfortable and you understand the basics, head over to the Diabetes Pro Tip series. These are available in your audio app at juiceboxpodcast.com. And there are lists of them in the featured tab of the private Facebook group, the Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. All of this information is absolutely free. It's accessible in your audio app, online, or wherever you're comfortable listening. Check it out. You can do it. You really can. There's a diabetes... We have a Defining Diabetes episode at episode 408 called Insulin Sensitivity Factor, in case you want to learn more. There's an episode 295, Defining Diabetes Insulin Resistance, which might help you understand why this setting is important. And don't forget, if you're using an algorithm-based pump, Understanding your insulin sensitivity is incredibly important in in getting those settings correct as well, as as well as basal, insulin-to-carb ratio, everything we've talked about in these three episodes. But if you want to build on what we've talked about, please go find the Diabetes Pro Tip series and the other collections of information within the podcast. Here, I'm going to just, I'm going to read you something before you go, because I understand that I'm, I'm saying... Here's some information. Go check out other stuff. 
And I know a lot of people charge money, like they they give a little bit of information and they want you to pay for the rest. I'm not doing that. The entire podcast is free. It always has been. It always will be. There's, There's no hidden cost anywhere. There's no paywalls. It's all on your time. You can do it, you know, as quickly or as slowly as you want as far as listening goes. I want you to go find these things because I know they work. So I've gone to a website that keeps track of the reviews for my show. A1C 5.6, just like you promised, from 7.2. Scott empowered me to trust my instincts when dosing and to be bold with insulin. I love listening to this podcast. It makes me feel not so alone. I'm just going to click on more here for you. Saving my soul. Never in a million years did I think I would be here, but I guess who does? This podcast and its private Facebook group saved my soul in a time when I didn't think it was possible. The earthy, stripped-down, conversational aspects of Scott make you feel empowered. I'm a type 2 with a type 1 granddaughter. Learned so much from the podcast. This podcast has changed our lives. Just started listening. You're going to feel empowered, positive. Current, easy-to-understand management information with a side of laughter to reduce burnout. I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I could read these all day. I'm not reading them to you to boast. I'm reading them to you so you'll go find the other series. Diabetes Variables, Mental Wellness, Diabetes Pro Tip. Every, there's just They're there. Just go take, please. I made them for you. Go listen to them. Juiceboxpodcast.com up top in the menu. You can see a list of a bunch of the series. Or like I said, in the private Facebook group, which is a font of information and support of its own Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes I hope you check them out. I hope these podcast episodes have been helpful for you. I'm going to be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. Thank you so much for listening.